the college graduate, they're under this impression that there's this whole pool and that companies just go, no, you don't have a degree. You can't jump in this pool. This pool is only for people that have bought college degrees. That's not the reality. And the people who are getting smacked by this are college graduates. We're all in the same pool and the colleges have sold them this completely false sense of security, this completely false sense of, oh, when I get out, I can just wade into this pool and nobody else is going to be in this pool competing with me, but other college graduates. No, you're competing with literally everybody else. There are no rules. No rules. You're listening to Degree Free on the Degree Free Network, where we talk about how to teach yourself, get work, and make money. No degree needed. Here are your hosts, Ryan and Hannah Maruyama. All right. Are you ready for a fun one? All I want is a fun one. This week is going to be great because I had this topic on my vision board for a long time. That's I actually don't have a vision board. On your dream board. It's really a Kanban board, but that's so lame. So it's not a cork board that you cut out pictures of Oprah and a yacht and pin to. But anyway, I had this on my vision board for a while because I was doing the year in review episode a few weeks back and I didn't know where I was going with that at first. And so we ended up going with the reviewing the past guests, but I had thought about taking it in many multiple directions and I wasn't sure which direction to take it. And so I had a whole bunch of things compiled for it that I looked through and this one still stood out to me and I looked back at it. So we're going to do it and we're going to talk about it. So I want to preface all of this by saying that I hardly check the reviews because I don't know, we don't get that many of them, which is wild. I'm going to take a little side note. Here's wild because there's so many of you that listen to this podcast. Tell us what you think. Yeah. Well, don't tell us what you think. Give me five stars. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're about to get into yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so you can tell Hannah what you think as long as it has five stars on the review. Yeah. And I'll tell you why five stars is because we have to drown out this two-star review that we got. And I haven't checked it recently. Like I said, I just copied and pasted a bunch of things on here. And so this two-star review is brought to you by Buddy the Elf's Sugar Baby. Hey, you know what? I'll give this dude a couple points for seasonal appropriateness. <laughs> you think every like every season he changes his name? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, I would, right? You gotta be sure. Like in April, it's like the Easter Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Easter Bunny's best friend. It's like the Easter Bunny's best friend. And then in July, he's Uncle Sam, right? Yeah. He's all patriotic. <laughs> so this is from Buddy the Elf's Sugar Baby. Two-star review. Too much emphasis on tech career paths. So this is on Apple Podcasts for all those listening because... Apple Podcasts is one of the only, if not the only platform that you can leave text reviews wherever it is that you're listening to this. Let's just stop and let's give us the five stars here. And this could all backfire and you guys could all give me a one star, which hey, I totally get that too. Like they were pandering. I think that we're incentivizing the wrong behavior because yeah. actually we're featuring the two star. No, 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 no. I thought about this because we have five star reviews to back this up, but I want to talk about this two star review. The five star reviews are way better. Is that because they're five stars? No, 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 no. The reason why is, well, they're heartfelt for one. And then they 
touch on a bunch of things that I'm glad that other people see, which is why I selected them. Okay. But this two-star review, I wanted to talk about it and I wanted to address it because I thought that this person also brought up some good points. Look, I don't actually care. You know what I mean? Like, listen to it. Don't listen to it. I'm going to continue doing this because podcasting and listening to podcasts is how I change my life. And I want to change your life listening to this as well. So regardless if you give me one star, regardless if you give me two stars, I don't care. We're I'm, glad you're here. Yeah. And I'm going to be back next week. So it is what it is. But let's talk about this two-star review. Okay. So I feel like every other episode is how to break into blank in the tech world or tech certifications. Let's be real. The market is saturated for a lot of these roles. There have been lots of layoffs, etc. A lot of the advice isn't even realistic or helpful anymore in our current job market landscape. It's a lot harder now to land some of these jobs that the guests hosts did years ago. It's really not as easy as just getting a cert and landing a job. There's also the simple fact that not everyone wants to go into tech. Broaden the career path topics a bit more, please. Okay, hold on. Before you get into this too, so I get if they're listening to the podcast, but I will just say, everybody, broaden the career path topics a bit more, please. On TikTok, in the last month, I have covered midwifery. <laughs> I have covered pilots. I have covered linemen. I have covered software developers. I have covered voice actors. I have covered illustrators. I've covered interior designers. I've covered mermaids, professional mermaids. I do not know how much more variety you want from me, people. <laughs> I feel like I'm covering all of it. I see what you're saying, but that's not the podcast. So he didn't review the, the TikTok. That's true. But I'm just saying we're getting there, folks. It's hard to cover all of these things. Moving on. I, what I wanted to get it to is what is tech? Let's define it. This commenter, Buddy the Elf Sugar Baby saying this, what is tech is a really good question to ask because when I see this too, let's be real, the market is saturated for a lot of these roles. There's been a lot of layoffs. Yeah, the people that got laid off were all HR and recruiters. That's who got laid off. Like It's not software developers. It's not people with hard skills. The people that got laid off were people that were cost centers or people that they didn't need because they were not continuing to hire more. That's who got laid off. Literally, that's who got laid off. And because those people are very loud, because they are, that's who got heard on LinkedIn. So what is tech? Is a Salesforce admin at a government contractor working in tech? Is a Salesforce admin in a real estate company working in tech? Is a HubSpot architect that works at a construction company, is that working in tech? What's tech? If this person was sitting in front of us, what we would ask is, do you mean people who are in tech roles or people that work for tech companies in the tech sector? Because those are two very separate things. A good example is Matt Young, who's an AWS developer now, and he was a software developer for Kohl's. That's very clearly retail, right? He has a tech job, but he works for a retail company. So do you mean you don't want us to cover tech jobs or you don't want us to cover tech people that work in different sectors of the market. There's also Matt Walters, which was an episode before him. He was an engineer, but he's an automation engineer. And a lot of his job is working with tech as well, but it's in the physical world. But is that tech? I literally don't know what tech is and what tech isn't. Well, I'm not sure what they mean by that. Because what we're just covering is we're covering people who are willing to share their experience with different types of work. And we definitely have a lot of tech guests on because they're willing to share their experience and they think it's interesting and helpful to people and it is. But I would say that we cover a pretty decent range of jobs. I think the essence of what this person was saying is that why don't you talk 
more about the trades. Like if that was the question, that would be a better question. Why don't you talk more about X industry? Why don't you talk more about insert this industry? But specifically, let's talk about the trades for a second. One of the reasons that we don't talk about the trades too much is because everyone and their mother knows that degree-free people can work in the trades. Yeah, Everybody knows it's in fact, the first set of jobs that people go to when they say, oh, you don't have a degree, so what trade are you in? Right. They're like electrician, plumber, welder. When they say, oh, yeah, you don't have to have a degree to be successful today. You can go into the trades. And then they'll say, you can be an electrician. You can be a plumber. You can go work in HVAC. Wait a minute. Those are not the only careers that you can have to be successful without a degree. Those are not the only careers that you can have to be successful degree-free. It's just not accurate. And there are enough people in the world telling you and telling your kids to go down these trades paths that you can listen to them. Mike Rowe has been telling people to go into trades for years when he's not in a trade himself. It makes no sense. If you want to learn how to go into trades, there are plenty of people that talk about that. And you go listen to Mike Rowe, go listen to Fox News where he gets on, go listen to PragerU where he goes on there and he says, yeah, you can do anything you want, like plumbing, electrician, carpenter. Three times a week, he's on some different podcast or news outlet saying, go become an electrician. America doesn't have enough plumbers. Literally every single week, three times a week. You can be a garbage man. Like, bro, you're none of those things. What are you talking about? And this is not a knock on those things. We are really big on people pursuing whatever is going to make themselves a living that is going to allow them to live the way that they want. But the thing is, what we want to talk about is the fact that degree-free people are not confined to the trades. That is not the only place for us to go if we don't buy college degrees. We can literally do everything, almost everything that college graduates can do, aside from things that legally require a degree for licensure. Yeah. And then if you took those degree requirements down, they could do those as well. Yes. It's not the lack of ability. It's just the legal requirement that is restricting people from doing things. Correct. For me personally, I don't look down at the trades at all and quote blue collar work. Well, you were in a trade. Because I was a tradesperson for years. I mean, I was a firefighter. That definitely is a trade. And then I was a handyman years before that. I was doing odd jobs forever before that. And so I definitely don't look down at the trades at all. Yeah, you thought about getting your contractor's license yeah, for a while. So, and so I think it's a great opportunity for anybody and everybody that wants to do it. The reason why we don't talk about it very often is because there are so many people talking about it. that are talking about it. It has been ingrained in us to think about degree-free jobs equaling trades, degree-free jobs equaling construction, degree-free jobs equals manual labor. And we are trying to shed a light on literally everything else literally everything else. Everything, which is a tall order and takes a lot of time. (laughs) And well, we've been at it for two years and we're not stopping now. I wanted to move on to, is the advice outdated? Well, what is the advice that we give really? Like really, what is it? I was actually thinking about that reading this review. What is this person talking about? Because most of our advice I would say is going to be true for a very, very long time, if not forever. (laughs) The reason why our advice isn't outdated is because we made it evergreen. Yeah, We've thought about this for a really long time. And by working with people for a very long time, 
the advice that we give now is true now and will be true for a very long time, barring the entire landscape of work changing. And I don't mean like going from this industry to this industry. I mean, like work doesn't exist. People anymore. don't have to work now. Yeah, exactly. Like people don't work. People don't have to apply for jobs. We just get given random jobs from a machine that spits them out. Work isn't necessary. Yeah, there's universal basic income and we have all of our needs taken care of and, and we don't need anything ever. So what is the advice that we actually give? The advice that we give is always figure out what you need from your work. So outdated. Figure out what you want from your work. And then figure out the different jobs that can provide those for you. And we call that vocational creativity. So figure out what you need from your work. Do you need to make a certain amount of money? Do you need a certain schedule? Do you need to live in a certain place? Yeah. Do you need to work at a certain place, home, office, wherever it may be? Then you go and find a list of jobs that can fulfill all of the needs for you. You're not going to really pay attention to the wants because those are really just nice to have and those don't really matter. After that, do you figure out what skills you need to show on your resume or portfolio to get the job? So that when you apply for the job, they actually call you back? Or you figure out what skills you need to learn to get the job? Because you don't know those skills now. And so that's how to find a job backwards. So that's solid. I mean, I feel like it is. <laughs> so you put the skills front and center on your resume. And if you go back and listen to the episode that I did a few weeks ago with Linda Lee, that was a really good episode because it gives you exactly what the recruiter the first people in the process are looking at when they are going through your resume. And I asked her, how long does it take her to go through people's resumes before it's like, yes, no, yes, no. And it's like a minute, 30 seconds to a minute, right? Boom, boom, yes, no. Where does your eyes go right off the bat? Oh, it goes right to the job title. And it has to match what I'm hiring for. If it doesn't match what I'm hiring for, I'm not looking at it. Wow, that's like super insightful for everybody listening to that. Do with that what you will. You either put those skills and those job titles front and center on your resume, or you go and learn those skills. You acquire whatever necessary certifications or whatever necessary licensure or whatever necessary skills to go and do that job. That advice is still solid. Again, that'll apply from anyone from a customer service rep to a surgeon. <laughs> you got to do that if you have to do then it. Then after you do all of those things, then you go and apply for a thousand jobs. So outdated. <laughs> I don't know. I think that advice is still pretty solid. I feel like it is. If you apply for a thousand jobs, you are not jobless at the end of that. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. It's, it's crazy. Given everything that you did before. Yeah. You learn the necessary skills. You figure it out what you needed and what you wanted. You don't have to figure out what you need and what you want in order to just land a job, but it's what's going to keep you in your role. It's what's going to help you stay satisfied with your role. It's going to help you stay in it and not feel like you're getting gypped by the system or whatever it is. You're unfulfilled or hating because your life. you went and you itemized exactly what you need and what you want from work. And then you chose based on that. You laid it out in a very analytical, unemotional fashion. And whatever your needs are, it doesn't matter. If you need to directly impact somebody's life, like you literally hands on their body to do that, there's no shame in that. That's fine. The amount of jobs that are out there that also make, let's say that you need to make $150,000 a year, the amount of jobs that 
do that same thing for $150,000 a year got really, really small. Right. Like you're now you're a highly specialized massage therapist or you're a helicopter EMT or you're a really specialized nurse. It's possible. And that's what you have to do. Okay. You look at your needs, you look at your wants, vocational creativity, how to find a job backwards. And then you just go and apply to a thousand jobs. Super solid advice. That's how you do it. My last thing, and I'll get off this is the last sentence. Broaden the career path topics a bit more, please. So they give us a two-star review (laughs) and they tell us that our advice is outdated. And then they give us an assignment. And then they make a request. Then we're given homework. (laughs) But you just gave me a two-star review. You're probably not listening anymore. I've never once had an Uber driver and gave him two stars and be like, yeah, I want this guy again. Yeah. Let me order him for my morning to the... I said, what are you you doing tomorrow? (laughs) (laughs) Same time tomorrow? Let's drive around. I've literally never done that. So a restaurant, two stars. You know where I'm going to eat lunch tomorrow? Yeah, exactly. Never not once. Yeah. So this person's not even listening anymore. No. <laughs> Why do you make the request? <laughs> That's so true. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> and then if you are still listening, then why? Why, you leave us to- Why? Yeah. Why are you listening? They're just a glutton for punishment. <laughs> yeah. He just likes it. He's just tuning in like, man, this is so useless. Let me just do three more hours of this. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, if you are still listening as well, like, why did you leave us a two-star review? To, to, <laughs> yeah, to if you're going to give us homework and make a request, I'm going to require at least three stars. Yeah. I thought that the the criticisms, totally valid. Everybody has their opinion. It's totally fine. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please, right now, pause this, leave your opinion. And if it's terrible, so be it. It's okay. I just thought it was funny that there was also a request at the end because if I have a terrible Uber ride and I give a two-star review, like I definitely don't want that a driver ever again. <laughs> I like it if you put an air freshener in your car that I'm never going to ride in again. Yeah. So I want to get to some of the five-star reviews because I want to highlight what implicitly we've been trying to get across. For two years. And then I'm glad that people are receiving it this way. It really filled my soul when I read these. And so... I'm not going to say the usernames because some of them are just letters and things. So they really care about helping. I found Hannah and Ryan on TikTok months ago and had one of their viral videos saved and didn't really do anything. I'm 34, college graduate, and recently realized that my career is at a dead end and I need to change. I started going through the episode archives and I'm trying to learn and internalize their wisdom. I know they're adjusting their target audience, but I'm grateful for all the useful information they give out. There are plenty of reasons why I love this comment. The biggest is them going through the backlog of the episodes. We've made like 80%, 90% of the podcast topics that we've talked about evergreen. And you can go back right now, whenever it is that you're listening to this and go and listen to the very first episode and onwards. And most of it will still be relevant to where you're at right now. The only problem is that if you go far back, and I've talked about this a lot, the episodes are really shaky. They're really bad. Yeah, we clearly don't know what we're doing yet. <laughs> the information is good. You just got to get through us mumbling through it. And some person said that we went on a lot of tangents, which... We do. <laughs> valid. So 1.5x listen, sure, that's fine. But going back and listening to all those things. We've talked about how to start a business being degree free. We've talked about how to get into sales degree free. We've talked about how to become an author degree free. All of these different things, along with all the tech jobs that we talk about, 
you know, you go back and wherever it is that you are in your degree-free journey, we have probably covered it. And if we haven't, then leave it in the YouTube comments of what you want us to cover. We'll do a breakdown. I like this one. I'll say teacher. (laughs) I'm a 30-year veteran high school teacher. I've been a work-based learning coordinator for 18 years. This is the information all kids need, all caps, today. I'm planning on using the pathways with my students in the fall. That's awesome. Yeah. So if this person is still listening to the podcast now, I would love it if you could go to YouTube and comment. Let us know and let everybody else know how it went because this was a little while ago. This was in July of 2023. And so this is January of 2024. So you probably introduced the five degree free pathways. And for those that don't know what the five degree free pathways are, those are everything that you can do when you are choosing to live a degree free life. Whenever you are at a crossroads in your career, and whether that's you, your kids, whatever, let's say that you're first getting out of high school. And you're like, I want to live a degree-free life. What can I do? The five degree-free pathways are everything that you can do to get a job and be successful without a degree. You can also do this if you are a career changer in your 50s, in your 40s. Doesn't matter. These are all of the options that are laid out for you. I'll put links to the five degree free pathways episode that we did in the show notes, degreefree.co4 slash podcast. I'll also put links to the vocational creativity episode and the how to find a job backwards episode because we were talking about it earlier as well. And those are really, really good episodes. Like I said, majority of the content that we've made is evergreen. I really like this because one of the things that's really deep on the degree free roadmap for the business, for the movement is Hannah and I are only two people and we can only help whatever we can do. It doesn't scale infinitely. Yeah, our time is finite. One of the things that's deep on the roadmap is teaching other people how to think degree-free and how to help other people become degree-free. And so if you are interested in learning that to help other people become degree-free, you can go to YouTube, put a comment there, or you can email us at contact at degreefree.co. And in the subject line, just put teach me the pathways. I just want to get a gauge of who's out there, who's listening and who would be interested in learning how to do what we do for other people in their community, at their church, at their schools, so on and so forth. Yeah. This is going to be later, but we are working on it. Yeah. Like later this year is the earliest Q4 2024 at the earliest, probably 2025. But I did want to put out a feeler and just get a gauge of where you guys are at and whether or not you find that this is valuable and you would want to teach this to people in your life, people that you care for. The last one that I want to talk about is from Chani V. Should be required listening for anyone graduating high school. I have sent this podcast to my 16-year-old sister and 60-year-old mother, both of which found tremendously helpful. I always learn something new. And as a multi-passionate individual, I appreciate getting professional advice that acknowledges the worthlessness of degrees. I've been binging and am so inspired. My favorite part of this is the fact that she sent it to people in completely separate generations and they both listened to it and found it interesting. That was huge for me when somebody is saying that literally multiple generations have found value from this content. 
like I was saying, like the five degree free pathways, it is as useful for a high schooler as it is for a 50 year old, 60 year old who is not sure of how to get out of their situation or into the situation they want to be in. Exactly. That was amazing and awesome. And so that was just a quick segment that I wanted to do. I just wanted to respond to that. I thought it was funny for many reasons. And I'm glad that we were able to respond to it. But everybody that's listening to this, guys, leave a review. We got to drown out this two-star review. There's thousands of you. Yes. (laughs) Thousands of people listen to this podcast every week. And we have 34 reviews. Well, as of when I took these reviews months ago, we had 34 reviews. I don't check the reviews, so I, I actually don't know. But... Go leave a review, pause this right now. We're going to get into more things right now and I'll get off my high horse. And I think Hannah's actually something that is useful. I just have a regular horse. Yeah, perfect. (laughs) So with that, according to a December article, there's a report by ZipRecruiter and this article was featured by CBS. Degree free is here. And what do I mean by that? More US companies no longer requiring job seekers to have a college degree. Are you shocked? Super. Me too. I just didn't see this coming from 10,000 miles away. So key facts. In 2023, I love ZipRecruiter data. ZipRecruiter has really, really good data on different job listings because of the way that they interact with both the job seekers and the way they interact with the companies that post the jobs. So their data is very good. And in 2023, the share of jobs on their hiring platform, on ZipRecruiter's hiring platform that listed a bachelor's degree requirement... Do you want to guess what it was at in 2022? On ZipRecruiter, how many jobs do you think required a degree? What percentage of jobs required a degree in 2022? Because if you listen to the comments on TikTok, they'll tell you that it's 70 to 80% of jobs require a bachelor's degree. 40%. 40%? Okay. Okay. How about 18? 18%. A whopping 18%. And that whopping 18% fell to 14% in 2023. So I'm very excited to see this year how much further that falls through the floor. The funniest part of this whole thing (laughs) is the 18% because that is a tiny fraction. It's one fifth. And you can probably assume as well, based on our estimates that we've done before, that the amount that actually require it, like legally require it, is closer to five to 10%. So there's people listing requirements as a bachelor's degree that don't actually require a bachelor's degree to do that job. Now, this is something I want to say. So the amount of jobs on ZipRecruiter that required a college degree dropped from 18% in 2022 to 14.5% in 2023. And this year, they will drop even more. College graduates are under the impression that there is a special walled off garden of jobs that are specifically reserved for them. That is not true. We are all in the same pool. They are in the same pool as degree-free people. By the way, degree-free people are 60% of the employed U.S. workforce you're all swimming in the same pool. There are very few people that do have access to a special walled off garden of jobs. Those are people whose jobs legally require them to have a college degree in order to do their job. And that is a very small pool of people, a very tiny percentage of the job market. We're talking surgeons. We're talking CPAs. That's what you're looking at. People who literally cannot have their jobs unless they buy a bachelor's degree and sometimes advanced degrees. Very small percentage of the market. Yes. And that is the entire attitude that we are trying to break down on the podcast and with the movement. And this goes back to what we were saying. We don't talk about trades because everybody knows already. And we are trying to get rid of and abolish that stigma or that attitude that there is 
some type of walled garden out there of jobs that are just reserved for people that have degrees. Oh, I have a degree. And so therefore I'm only qualified for this. You don't have a degree, so you're not qualified. And we're trying to tell you, and we are telling you that that doesn't exist that you don't need a degree to be successful in life. And it's really the people who I feel like are being harmed by this are college graduates because the college graduates, like I said, they're under this impression that there's this whole pool and that companies just go, no, you don't have a degree. You can't jump in this pool. This pool is only for people that have bought college degrees. That's not the reality. And the people who are getting smacked by this are college graduates. We're all in the same pool and the colleges have sold them this completely false sense of security, this completely false sense of, oh, when I get out, I can just wade into this pool and nobody else is going to be in this pool competing with me, but other college graduates. No, you're competing with literally everybody else. And that's what they're just not understanding because colleges have said, oh, this is your golden ticket. Also, this is experience. And none of that is true. None of that is true. And then they get out into the actual market and they're shocked. They're shocked by that. Hey there. I hope that you're loving this episode of the Degree Free Podcast. We spend a ton of time every week creating this content for you. So my only ask is you take a quick second to leave a review or thumbs up on whatever platform you're on. It's one of the best and easiest ways that you can support this podcast. And this simple action can help bring more people into the Degree Free community. At Degree Free, we want to help as many people as we can thrive and succeed without needing a college degree. Your review will be a step in that direction. If you could do this small favor right now, pause this and leave a review. It would truly mean the world to us. Thank you. And back to the show. It makes sense. In order for them to come to the realization that degree-free people have the same shot at jobs that they do, they have to recognize and come to terms with the fact that what they did was useless. They have to come to terms with the biggest purchase that they're probably ever going to make in their life. For a lot of people, it's even more expensive than their house that they live in that was useless. You wasted four years, five and a half years of your life and 120 grand to get the same job that this dude got five years ago. Or even three years ago, because that person spent two years building skills that you are now going to have to starting at ground zero, you're going to have to get those skills in order to get the same job as this dude who's had this job for three years. That's what a lot of people just say is I'm not talking about degree free people just getting jobs with no experience or no skills. What I'm saying is college graduates are getting out. They think that their college degree is experience and they're competing with people that actually have experience and actually have skills. And they think that they're being protected, that they have access to this protected class of jobs and that companies are not going to hire somebody who is skilled or experienced because they want somebody who bought a paper. They do not care. And the numbers reflect that. So additionally, 45% of employers surveyed by ZipRecruiter said that they had done away with degree requirements for certain roles over the past year. 72% of firms said they prioritize candidates' skills and experience over the diplomas they hold, according to ZipRecruiter. So something I think will also happen, and everyone should go back and listen to that episode with Linda Lee, who is a degree-free recruiter. And as degree-free recruiters become more prevalent, because that's also an uptick, this is going to drop even more because there's just inherent biases for recruiters and hiring folks because they have degrees. And so they hold this inherent bias that other people should buy degrees in order to get jobs because they had to do so. But as that cohort of people shifts and turns over, which is doing so right now, and I think that that's actually contributing to this a lot too, but as that happens more and more, this is going to escalate. This is going to increase. They're going to drop more and more requirements all the time. And the hiring is going to get even more open. And that's great. I asked Linda on our episode, 
how much of a factor bias is in the recruiting and hiring process at large. And honestly, I feel like I should have pressed her a little bit more because she gave me a good answer for our audience, but it still showed bias. Everybody should go back and listen to the episode. It was a very, very good episode. Her answer was, for me, when I see people that have gaps in their resume that haven't gone to college, I don't mind it. And I send those people through. Like Those are my people. I believe that's what she said. And she sent them through. That's amazing. And that's great. But what is that? Bias. That's bias. I'm not saying that it's a good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just bias up and down the recruiting process, the hiring process in general. Ian Siegel, the CEO of ZipRecruiter, he wrote a book. It's called Get Hired Now. I don't know if it did very well or not. It's a very, very good book if you're a job seeker and you're a career changer and you don't know how to look for jobs. I would definitely suggest it. What's so interesting about that book to me is that he could have started anywhere in the job search process, but chapter one, the first chapter of the book was about bias. That was the first chapter of the book. And I was like, what? This dude started a job seeking book at bias. And the more that I thought about it, the more that it made sense to me. Because what is our whole thing right here at Degree Free? We're talking about bias. We are talking about bias. We ourselves are biased. And so is Linda. Yes. And so is any other person on this planet. Everybody. It's all balancing bias. Exactly. It's all recognition of your bias and then saying, okay, now how do I fight that? Does it need to be fought? How do I correct that? It reminds me of Daniel Kahneman. He wrote a book called Thinking Fast and Slow. Mm. And he talks about like system one thinking, system two thinking. I might get it mixed up, but I think system one thinking is like instinctual thinking. And so it's like very, very quick. It's boom, heuristics, boom, bias. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but like system one thinking is like, crunchy food. Can you define heuristics for me? Heuristics like a rule of thumb. Mm, Thank you. So it's a set of things that you have in mind that equal this thing. So like, for example, crunchy food. I don't like crunchy food. I hear the crunch of popcorn. I'm not going to like popcorn. That's system one thinking because it's really quick. Boom. And then you think you slow down and then you think in system two thinking and you say, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. I've never had popcorn before. So how would I know? How would I know? I'm going to slow down. Let's try it. And then that's system two thinking. You slow down and you're like, oh, okay. I recognize that I made a quick decision there or I made a quick judgment or I made a quick call. And I am now going to sit down and actually think about what's going on. Those two things combined, thinking fast and slow, system one, system two thinking by Daniel Kahneman and get hired now, the very first chapter, you don't have to read the whole book, just the first chapter on bias. Like why would he start there? Why would he start there? And it's because... It is bias all the way up and down. And that is where AI is really going to come into play here. We've talked about it before on the podcast when we were talking about bias. I don't know if it's a tall tale or not, but there was like in Juilliard or something like that, they were accepting so many men into the school that they put a curtain and they made them play behind like a shoji screen, like a paper screen or whatever. And the amount of 
women accepted into the school went up. Like once again, this could be a tall tale. I'm not sure. The amount of women allowed into the school went up because they weren't biased by it. But they also found if we make them take their shoes off while they walk to stage, it becomes even less biased because they can hear heels when women wear heels. And so once again, it's just bias all the way up and down this whole system. And so, yes, Linda is a very, very good episode. And I'm glad that somebody is out there fighting the degree-free fight. But if you notice, and I should have dug deeper. But it's bias balance. That's what it is. It's just bias. That's super interesting. (laughs) If my theory is correct, that does explain a lot of this because of the generation of HR that's taking over. They are swinging in the opposite direction, basically. So this is reflected in, according to Julia Pollack, the chief economist for ZipRecruiter, who we've had on our podcast. Good episode. Everybody should go back and listen to that one. But employers are resorting to skills-based hiring and saying, we don't care if you finish college. There's a clear trend where smaller businesses are more likely to say they're doing this versus major enterprises. In a future episode, I'll cover the report on the small businesses, but the small businesses are actually actively avoiding hiring college graduates. They are, in fact, avoiding you guys. That is what's going on. I'll talk about why that is in that episode where we cover that report, but it's very interesting. Smaller businesses are saying this. I believe because they want to increase their talent pool right now. They want more people to start applying to their jobs right now. It's one of the things that people are starting to realize that is a major unlock. Oh, if you just get rid of the degree requirement, I get a lot more people applying to my roles. I remember I was having a conversation. It was a few months ago for sure, sometime in 2023, I was having a conversation with a recruiter in the auto industry. And one of the things I said, what's, what's the biggest problem for you right now? And she's like, just can't get applicants. And, and I was just like, what, like, what are you talking about? And she's just like, I have a lot of open roles and I just can't get people to apply. And it just made me think. And I was like, wow. I mean, this wasn't a small company. Too. This was a large regional company, large regional company. I think it's like $3 billion uh, market cap of the company. And so I was like, that's kind of crazy. If that's a problem, what a lot of these smaller companies are realizing and are willing to say right now, because they don't have as much red tape is they're willing to say, yeah, you don't need a college degree, open it up. And they will see, wow, one line on my job description was keeping away so much talent. For no reason. For no reason. (laughs) And granted, okay, some people might say, well, I don't want people that only one line kept them away. Like you want a degree-free person that's like, yeah, I don't care that that says college degree required, I'm gonna apply anyway, and that's the person that you want. But the reality of the situation is that they're not getting enough applications. How do you fix that? Be more accurate. It's so wild to watch this happen when we've been saying that this has been going on. And also one of the most frequent comments constantly on TikTok, one of the most frequent comments I get is, yeah, the reason the companies are trying to hire degree-free people is because they can pay them less. No, the reason they're trying to hire degree-free people is because they churn 39% less. I do not think that some of you understand how much cost that saves a company. I don't think you understand. Degree-free people do not leave at the rate that college graduates do. And people can fuss about that all day. 
but the cost and the amount of time it takes to replace somebody when they leave to train somebody to get them up to par in a role. They estimate it takes six months to get up to training. And then every time you have an open role, it costs an average of $5,000 to fill that role. It's incredibly expensive. It costs your team a lot of productivity. It slows everything down. And that's just one person. But if imagine you just expand that to a large scale and you have people constantly churning when that happens, it's slowing the company down so much and it's costing them so much money. And then they have to hire and they have to have more recruiters and they have to have more staff. And it's this constant onboarding and offboarding of people. It's very expensive. It's very time consuming. There's all this lost knowledge. There's all this lost process. And so that's why companies are doing this. It's because they've realized, wait a minute, we can get the same level of skill. And this is Jenny Romerty, the former CEO of IBM says that degree-free people perform the same as PhDs when they're trained. It's the same. She is one of the leaders on this too. And she's like, there's no difference. And that's what people are struggling with. They think that because they bought a bachelor's degree in marketing that, oh, well, companies don't want to hire me because I just want a wage premium. And I'm like, no, they don't want to hire you because you're going to leave. And your college told you you were going to make 90 grand when the market value for your salary is 60. It was 60 before you bought your degree. It's 60 after you bought your degree, but you think it's 90 because your college, which has nothing to do with the business that's going to hire you, is going to pay you $90,000. This goes back to what Drake Porter said in our very first episode together, episode 63. And he was talking about it from the perspective of himself, which is whenever he saw job descriptions, if he fit 20 to 50% of it, he would apply because the domain specific knowledge for that role, he is confident that he can learn on the job. And so That was from his personal anecdote and the reason why he applied to the job that he's applied to and the reason why he is in the position that he's in right now. That attitude is indicative of what you're saying right now, which is the domain-specific skills of whatever your industry is or whatever your job is can be taught. They're going to have to teach it to you. It can be taught and they will teach you. Because they have to. The things that matter most are the soft skills is all of the things around the domain-specific skills. Those are the things that really matter. And if you haven't already, we've talked about it a lot, but I'll put it in the show notes, Drake Porter's two episodes, episode 63, and then I forget what the other episode number was, but those are really, really good to go back and listen to. This is going to be my last point, but I wanted to break down the industries that are cutting these requirements really aggressively. And it's funny, we actually predicted this, but this is spot on exactly accurate. And then we made this episode and then I saw the ZipRecruiter report and I kind of laughed because I was like, oh, look, this is the exact same ones that we predicted. In 2022, 12% of healthcare postings required college degrees. Also, again, this is people that like, you can't work in healthcare without a college degree. 12% of the listings on ZipRecruiter in healthcare required college degrees. 12% folks. And again, that's probably more than actually legally require them. And how do I know that? Because compared to 2023, when 9.3% of them, that's a 3% cut, folks, by the way, 3%. They just shaved off the top. So that tells you right there that I'm correct. 25% relatively. Yeah. 25% relatively. Math in public. Employers are saying, we'll take you and help you get the requirements. We'll invest in training you. Pollock said. The sectors that are being affected by this cutting of degree requirements. Medicine. This is happening due to extreme need. 
teaching, and education due to the fact that substitute teachers are literally running the entire education system right now. This is something too I feel very strongly about because you cannot burden teachers with the amount of student debt that is currently being required for them to become teachers if you're going to pay them as you do now. It would be okay for teachers to be paid as they are being paid now if they did not have to take on the massive student debt in order to get those jobs. It's absolutely ridiculous. 17 states now have paid teacher apprenticeships where teachers are placed with older, more experienced teachers. They have mentorship. They get paid. That is how that should work. That is exactly how that should work. And then they get licensed. That makes a lot of sense. It reduces the downside risk. I would guess too, it's probably going to reduce teacher churn because they actually have support with a mentor because most teachers leave within five years because they're not supported and they don't have help. It can be a very emotionally draining job. I think a lot of teachers churn within five years due to the entire package that is required of them currently. And so exactly what you were saying, being draining, being paid what they're being paid, and then having to service the debt that they have to incur to get that job. And so all of that is a recipe for somebody that's really unhappy in their job. So not only am I going to be in a very draining job, but then I'm also going to get paid what the market dictates, which is not enough to service the debt payment that I had to go into to get this job. So all of that is a recipe for for disaster. And that's why they're churning at five years. Yeah, because they have to. That's the biggest thing is if you're going to pay that market rate and you're going to have such an emotionally draining and demanding work environment, you cannot require people to pay that much in order to get that job. It's asinine. It's asinine and they shouldn't be doing it. And it's now going away. So 17 states, as I said, paid teacher apprenticeships. I anticipate seeing that number go up due to need. And it should because that's how people should learn how to teach. The last one is finance not surprising, actually. And this has been attributed to brain drain due to tech. A lot of the people that went into quantitative and qualitative roles in finance were pulled into tech because of the money. And so now finance is saying, this is a quote from Julia Pollack, due to the fact that you can take a licensing exam, employers are saying, if you can ace the licensing exam, we will take you. So that tells you that all of a sudden, the only requirement is actually passing the test which it should have been all along. Which it was all along. That is true. You could have done that the whole time. Finance for a lot of the industry, depending on what portion of the finance industry that you're in, a lot of it is licensed to practice. You need series, whatever. You need this license, whatever, to literally do your job. If you don't have this, I can't speak to you. Literally, I cannot hire you because you do not have this license. I don't give a where you went to school. I don't care if you went to Stanford. I don't care if you went to Harvard. I don't care if you went to Cornell. I don't care because I can't speak to you because you are not licensed. You don't have this thing. Get this thing and then we can talk about it. And then, oh, okay, you went to these places. Sure, maybe that maybe that has some sort of draw on it, whatever. But I can't get there unless you have this license. And so that's how it's always been. But they're literally just removing it on their, on their listings. listings now. Yeah. 
because it doesn't matter. Like those aren't required because they were never required because the only thing that was required was the license. Was the license. <laughs> and it's like, hey, get the license, learn how to do the spreadsheets, learn how to do sales and to get along with people and learn some hustle and you can get into one of these finance jobs. So just so you know, if you're looking to get into finance, now's your moment. And then my last final point was just Indeed itself, and this was in the article, but Indeed itself has actually removed degree requirements for hundreds of job postings at their company, including software and product manager roles. So watching the <laughs> company companies that are watching down credentialing down credential is pretty awesome. <laughs> it's funny because if you're listening to this, you're still early. And if you've been listening to us for two years, if you've been with us from the beginning, you've been really early soon. The tide has already turned and the waves are getting bigger soon. Our contrarian, and I'm using that in air quotes, our contrarian view where people are constantly to this day on this video and on the clips that we make from this video, people are going to call us idiots and call us dumb, which we are. But they are going to say all of this, like, you're wrong. You need a college degree to do this. Two to five years from now, 10 years from now. This is going to be mainstream. It's going to be mainstream. <laughs> you are still super early, still super early in this. And because you're listening to this, you realize, okay, well, you don't have to go back to college to get that degree. I don't have to force my child to go and take the same path that I did. I don't have to, to oh, get the same result exactly. or a better result. Oh, I went into six figures worth of debt and got a job where I was sitting next to whatever, John, Jill, that didn't do the same thing and who is better off net worth wise. We make the same amount of money. I'm in debt. They're doing fine. What the heck? You can help your kid not Avoid go that. down that same road right now yep. because you're listening to this. And that's awesome. We've been saying this for two years, but the future is degree free and the future is right now. It's here, folks. You can see the writing is on the wall. And now you know what you need to do, which is help your kids figure out what they're going to do and then help them figure out how to get the skills that they need. This is all skills. This is all resume. This is all application. This is all networking and who you know and getting in the room. And that's something we're going to keep talking about and keep equipping you to do and to help your kids do. And it's one of those things, it's right or wrong. Before we wrap up, I wanted to call back the bias that we were talking about. It's one of the realities of the world that we live in today. We are going to have to deal with biases that people in decision-making positions have. That's just the way of the world. And we, it is our job, as I say all the time, to connect the dots, get over their biases, understand what their biases might be, and get them. If point B, where we want to end up is the job and the job listing and getting hired. And point A is where we are in our experience and what we've done. We have to draw as straight a line as possible to get the hiring manager, to get the recruiter to understand why you. you and why you're a good fit for that role and to understand from their perspective, to have some empathy and put yourself in their shoes, maybe you start to understand the biases they might have and how you can address those things. I think that was a great episode. Let us know what you think in the YouTube comments. Leave us a five-star review. Not a two-star review. Not a two-star review. Let us know your thoughts. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, I think so. Thanks, folks. All right, until next week, guys. Hello.